are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 4th, Wednesday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. It is late. It is about 10.30 p.m. on this Wednesday night. But unlike most nights at this time, the, the way the Blazers played oh, it gave me a little energy heading into this recording. Blazers lost tonight because they're playing the Warriors, and the Warriors are the best team in the league, and they are running through teams and sharing the ball and are relatively unstoppable unless they're playing Cleveland pretty much at this point. But the Blazers had them on the ropes for a lot of the night. Uh, Golden State ultimately won 125-117. C.J. McCollum had 35 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists on 13 of 31 shooting. He had 26 points in the first half, uh, 26 of those 35 in the first half. Portland led 71-69 at halftime, but part of the one of the circumstances that helped uh, McCollum get loose was Clay Thompson got in foul trouble early in the second half, and then in addition to Thompson uh, being on McCollum, McCollum himself got in foul trouble and... Also in the second half, when McCollum was out there, the Warriors basically said, we are going to make anybody else uh, beat us at this point. Uh, we're not going to let McCollum score 50 points and go one-on-one against Curry and, and get a lot of those matchups. And most of uh, a lot of the damage that McCollum did was against Curry. Uh, they were going back and forth in the second quarter. It was really fun to watch. Uh those two guys go at it. Uh, McCollum was kind of shaking his head at Steph a little bit. And it, it was a nice battle. McC- uh, Curry ended up with 35 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Kevin Durant had 30. And Draymond Green uh, made uh, some big plays for the Warriors down the stretch of this game. And it was just uh, it was just a, too much for the Blazers to overcome tonight. And McCollum wasn't the only one that that had a de- that had a, a good game tonight. McCollum obviously carrying, shouldering the scoring load while Damian Lillard recovers still from his ankle injury. It sounds like uh, he will be back, hopefully for the game against the Lakers. That's what it sounds like he, he's going to be back for. They saved him tonight, did not want to. It makes sense to not bring him back on the first night of a back-to-back and then have him play a back-to-back the next night. It, it doesn't really set him up for success. If he plays, he has a little bit of soreness and he can't take the night off. Then it sounds like a setback when it didn't really have to be. Uh, and so... I think he plays tomorrow against the Lakers, but the Blazers probably could have used him down the stretch, especially when the 
warriors were trapping McCollum, and uh, it, it seemed like they just couldn't get enough good. They, they couldn't have, get enough good shots for their best shooters. Uh, Aminu came through with a lot of big shots late, which was really helpful to keep the Blazers within striking distance. McCollum missed some open ones, but uh, there were a lot of possessions where Mason Plumley's got to take a, a mid-range jumper with the clock winding down. They, they, they give Harkless the ball in a position against Kevin Durant. So, so you have those situations where it would be beneficial to have a, a third guy who can command the defense, knock down open shots out there in that situation. And that's that's what I come back to throughout this stretch without Lillard. While the, the defense has been solid, I think a lot of that it has been the result of guys who are not Damian Lillard playing better defense than they were when Damian Lillard was playing. And guys like that are Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, and uh, Plumlee, I think, too, has, has been very solid defensively. He's been much better. Uh, I think maybe getting him more mobile ha- – helps him I'm not sure it but but maybe there's something to that the Blazers were more aggressive in hedging high on the pick and roll tonight they it looked like they were playing a strategy more like what Cleveland did against the Warriors in the finals where they trapped high tried to take the ball out of Steph's hands uh the Warriors went to a lot of Curry Durant pick and rolls in the second half and Portland just wasn't able to slow them down enough but then even on the times that they did get lucky on, on, on times when it was close and the, the Warriors missed some open shots, the Blazers weren't able to convert on, on the shots that they got and, and McCollum just wasn't able to get loose with all the attention. So uh, overall, however, very good performance from the Blazers, I would say. The defensive rating tonight was uh, a 120, but uh, what are you going to do against the Warriors? That's that's it, it's higher than what you give up against the Warriors, but that's the type of stuff that they're going to do. And I I thought Portland for the most part uh, made it harder on the Warriors than they did at least in the last game against the Warriors. And and obviously when you lose by 45 points, you can really go nowhere but up. But uh, I think. The aggression, the being on the front foot, the trapping, the hedging higher, being a little bit more aggressive in certain situations, I think uh, it, it, it looks like it is a move that this team is more comfortable with, that it's a defensive scheme that this team is maybe not more comfortable with, but just more able to execute well. And the it seems like they're doing a better job. They're more connected. Guys are helping harder, perhaps because the the team is now emphasizing being more aggressive, helping people out more, and, and, and trying to create havoc. It seems like guys are more willing to, to cover ground and stuff like that. The Blazers are stunning at shooters better. They're, even though they played the Warriors tonight, there were times where Portland was just making – at least making the Warriors make the extra extra pass, and and it it the Blazers have been a team that have we talked about it uh, on the on the podcast with Dane Carbaugh after the Minnesota game that this team if you get a second or third pass on them you get a layup, and tonight that wasn't the case. the The Warriors are just that good, and uh, 
Portland got decent contributions from Evan Turner. And I thought Myers Leonard actually had a decent game offensively. He didn't uh, grab many rebounds. But uh, in his defense, there weren't a lot of rebounds uh, to grab uh, in this game. The Blazers out-rebounded Golden State 44-39. to But there weren't a lot of missed shots. Both teams shot the three very well. It was a high-scoring game. Uh, 125-117 in regulation. So... Uh, that tells you a lot, 104 possession pace in this game. So it was a back-and-forth affair, and Portland did a much better job, and I, I would say C.J. McCollum did a better job of responding to uh, what the Warriors were doing and answering a lot of the Warriors' early rallies where they were going to try and put them away. And Blazers got lucky tonight. <laughs> Miami... Uh, wins on the road in Sacramento, which Miami has been awful. If I'm not mistaken, I think they have the worst record in the in the league, and they win in Sacramento, who who's trying to make the playoffs, uh, and and that that helps out Portland a little bit. But uh, I think this game against the Warriors was a sign that I, I, I think this team is moving forward. It seems like they're playing better. I, I, I the, Their defensive numbers have been, have been more encouraging for the most part before tonight. I'm not going to read too much into them until about 10 to 12 games, and then I'll start grading at whether this change is really something. But uh, it, it seems like they're playing better. It, it seems like they're a little bit more connected. It seems like they they believe a little bit more. I don't know it, what it is exactly. They're just playing better. I, I can't really put uh, I, I can't really put a finger on it. It, it. It's just they're a little bit better. They're a little bit more connected defensively, especially. And it's funny. I know I dedicated an entire podcast to the reasons why this team is not like last year's team and while I still believe a lot of those things and believe a lot of the the reasons that I believe in a lot of the reasons that I cited the the rebounding the overall point differential being well off last year's pace especially the rebound and then the net rating being a little off last year's pace uh, I I do find it interesting that I feel like this team needs to almost find itself lost at sea without Dame. It, it, it's interesting to me because last year they – it seemed like they had the effort, but they couldn't really finish games. And this year it seems like they the effort in a lot of spots was not good or they just weren't as connected or locked in for whatever reason. Last year you could blame youth. I don't know what you could really blame it on this year. Maybe you could think guys got paid and they were happy and content and weren't as hungry anymore. You could say guys maybe wanted or it was just a little bit harder to sneak up on people because they now are no longer a surprise and people want to knock off the Blazers and that could be a reason. But maybe this team it this team their identity is so connected for good reason to Damian Lillard that perhaps they need to spend some time apart before they they get it right I, I don't know it, it, it's like it's like they need to separate for a little while 
and then they kind of figure out that they're actually pretty good or, or they maybe get that feeling, that confidence or, or something and that, that experience and that knowledge that they're a valuable part of the team. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems like this team has, again, it, they seem like they're finding themselves a little bit. The health uh, has been uh, an issue and Aminu looks a little bit healthier, but it, it is funny how uh, it, it seems like this team is, they needed this time apart to almost find themselves to sink or swim without Dame, and uh, they're treading water at the very least right now. So uh, got to give them credit uh, basically since the Toronto game for just playing better basketball and not rolling over and digging in a little bit because the the, the playoffs, uh, the eighth seed – it may not mean a whole lot, but it would be really detrimental for the, the growth of this team if they totally didn't make the playoffs. And uh, I, it, it's starting to shine through a little bit. I, 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 I'm not sure. I would love to see this effort carry over when Lillard returns, and then I think we can start saying that this team is really on the right path, but they're showing signs, at least right now, that they're on the right path. Whether they ultimately end up there, well, time will tell. But it, the signs, at least in how they're playing, the the resilience that they've showed since the second half of the Minnesota game, which is really just two games, but really since the Toronto game, they really played hard in the Toronto game as well a couple of weeks ago on the 26th. So this isn't just two games I, I think it's about been about two weeks now almost where they've been playing better so let's see if they can take this and and build on it when they have many more home games and a little bit more rest and a little bit more practice and maybe they turn things around we'll, we'll see but it does seem like they are playing better over the course of these last two weeks so I, I definitely think that's the case something I wanted to discuss today uh on the podcast, which is where I'm talking right now. It was a little, little, little redundant for me to say on the podcast. I know, but Hey, uh, what are you going to do anyway? Uh, ESPN, uh, had a very, I thought informative piece, uh, on, on the situation with the Blazers learned a, a couple of things actually from their pursuit of, um, many big men in the off season, and uh, it was written by Chris Haynes, a uh, friend of the program. Uh, Chris uh, used to cover the Blazers, of course, for Comcast Sportsnet Northwest uh, for uh, a while before moving to Cleveland, and now he's in Golden State covering the Warriors, but he still keeps tabs uh, on the league, and he did some really good reporting on the Blazers. Uh, first order of business that I would like to address that Haynes reported that uh, I think needs to be said because th th when teams don't meet expectations, inevitably people think that that is going to come back on the coach. Chris Haynes reports that Stotts' job is safe, that it, it doesn't, they're not going to uh, scapegoat him if things don't go well. Uh, I, I really think that he definitely bought himself some time last year with how just fantastic 
that whole season went and what how great of a job he did. And also, the struggles that this team has had uh, have not been Stotts' fault. The, the Turner signing really didn't work out early. It's still working itself out. Uh, and the, the Azili signing was not something Stotts did either. Uh, and... So, yeah, I, I don't think that there should be any blame on Terry Stotts. And I, I at the same time, I don't and I don't think Neil Shea needs to be kicked out either because this is one of the first times really where were things that he's done in the in adding guys since the Aldridge uh, departure where it hasn't gone well. You know, the, the, he really hit a lot of bargains the last summer or two summers ago. And this year, uh, his main bargain didn't hit. So that's just how it goes in, in the game of being a GM. And, uh, but, but Stotts' job is safe. Haynes reported. And there was some other interesting stuff in there uh, about, uh, how the team has dealt with the, with the turmoil of this season and, and the disappointment. Uh, Haynes reported that, uh, after a loss to Milwaukee, uh, he, he gave up, he gave a speech and, 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 and kind of, and address the team a little bit and, and, and tried to tell them to play with urgency. And then a couple of games later, he attempted to give a similar speech and, uh, McCollum kind of interrupted him and, and, and basically didn't want to be lectured by someone who, who, who wasn't playing. And that was a really, uh, kind of scene behind the curtain, obviously Festa trying to contribute in any way that he can to the team. He was on a championship team with the Warriors, and, and you totally see where he's coming from. Obviously, disappointing for him that he's probably not going to play this season, and he he wants to try and lend a hand any way he can. And then you see it from McCollum's perspective, or, or guys that are that are the playing right now. Maybe you don't want to be lectured on urgency and stuff like that when you when you lose, uh, when when you when you lose, and and you're and you're clearly not happy about it and so uh, it was really interesting uh, dynamic that it showed and um obviously shows that the team cares i wouldn't say that it's uh you know that that, that, that there's you know infighting but i think that's just you know that's frustration right there that's 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 just a, a really good depiction of how frustrating the season has been it's just hasn't it hasn't gone the way anybody had hoped it it it, it, it is frustrated guys and and uh, it, it just hasn't been what what they've hoped, and, and I thought that was really interesting. A couple of other things that uh, Haynes noted in this piece, uh, he cited how Portland tried to go after a big man and and really ended on Azili. Uh, I was doing some work for the Miami Herald and reported that Hassan Whiteside uh, said port, told me Portland was his second option, and so uh, that was a guy that Portland obviously pursued. They also looked at Joe Kim Noah, who took a massive deal to play for the Knicks, according to Haynes. They went after Dwight Howard, but they didn't want to pay him a long-term deal. They went after Pau Gasol for uh, a two-year deal that would have been uh, pretty big. And uh, yeah, they, they, they tried to go a lot of different routes, uh, but ultimately... Uh, Portland settled on on Festus Azili at, at at that bargain price, and it it, it it's, he's not going to play this season. So, uh, you probably wouldn't have predicted that if you were Neil O'Shea. Uh, 
you know, hindsight says that the Warriors obviously were willing or very quickly willing to part ways with him uh, and didn't even think to resign him uh, when they needed a center to keep and, and went to go sign Zaza Pachulia and, and, and farm and, and, and get JaVale McGee and stuff like that. But uh, you know, that's all hindsight. The Blazers needed a big, their cap was really small at that point and, or at least their cap was small in order to the cap number that they wanted to fill was small in so that they could re-sign all of their free agents and it just hasn't worked out. And, and the Azili thing, uh, it has been a bummer. I, I don't think you can really, uh, put the season on that. I don't think that, uh, it, what Azili would have brought really would have made the difference. I mean, I, I like Festus Azili. I've always liked him as a player. He's a good defender. I liked him even when Mark Jackson was the coach uh, of the Warriors and he started a lot of games as a rookie. I think he's great, but he's not, I don't think he's going to change a lot of the issues that this team had at the beginning of the season. I don't think that Crab Turner, uh, at time uh, playing lackluster defense on the second unit really would have been helped. I I, I just think that uh, their their inability to rebound. I don't know whether Azili would help, and and I'm I'm not really sure. Like I I really am not. And 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 to put, uh, I would not say that where they are is a result of the fact that Festus Azili can't play because, frankly, Festus Azili was never even really imagined to be a guy that would help them in this part of the season. You, you, especially when he had that first knee procedure before the season even starts, you're thinking of him as maybe uh, almost like a, a free agent signing that you get uh, that, that a lot of contending teams get when they sign old veterans off of waivers. Like that, that's the type of guy Festus Azili is. That's the type of impact he would have had. So, um, Azili not being able to play is disappointment, sure. But would he have made a difference to the point that this season so far wouldn't be a disappointment? No, he wouldn't have. He he he's a guy that maybe makes a difference for you down the stretch in a playoff game or something. But he's not a guy that's going to be, especially with his knees and uh, his history. I mean, he hasn't played. A, oh, he's barely played half a season the last couple of years, and so. Uh, I mean, no, he wasn't going to change anything. So, um, yeah, it's a disappointment, but, and, and the story I think is really cool. I think it's a really good look behind the curtain and some good reporting. Uh, ultimately though, I don't think that, uh, Azili being healthy would, would really change where this team's at right now. I just don't. So, uh, but I, I thought it was really interesting, especially also how the, the other centers that they pursued, uh, did not hear about Joe Kim Noah uh that was really interesting uh there were rumblings about Dwight Howard in the offseason uh but given the the commitment that Atlanta gave him uh it seems like Portland that would have been prohibitive for Portland uh and another uh interesting uh note that I found that I found in there was that if they were able to sign Pau Gasol they would have had to maybe renounce one of their free agents and they were consider it yeah and and one of the names that that the the piece mentions that Haynes mentions is uh at least he's making an educated guess that it would have been Myers Leonard who would have been let go which in terms of the depth of the team and the roster and all that it, it makes sense to not carry uh another center when you got 
you're transitioning your team to a small ball lineup. You have Pau Gasol, who's going to need minutes. You have Plumlee, who's going to need minutes. And then you have Ed Davis, who um, didn't play tonight. Uh, but uh, you would think uh, if you have Pau Gasol as someone that is that good offensively, you want someone that is going to be doing dirty work around them. And Ed Davis uh, probably would have been good for doing that. So uh, interesting notes uh, in that piece from Chris Haynes on ESPN.com about the Blazers' summer and how uh, that's kind of dictated where things have gone. Uh, I, I think striking down the big men definitely uh, had more of an impact or probably had more of an imp- definitely had more of an impact um, than the big men that they than uh, the, the signing that they had not working out. So uh, you know they they tried, but uh, they they didn't get their guys, and 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 for for whatever reason they didn't. One of the, one of the reasons that was cited in there was state taxes. Uh, but you know there are also a lot of states that have expensive state taxes, like California and New York. Uh, so you know it. If Noah, you know, I, I think the Noah situation, which he's been terrible, so Portland kind of dodged a bullet there. But that situation, he's probably not. If Portland had given him a lower contract, his take-home money probably wouldn't be that much different. So, uh, but Noah, yeah, I mean, they didn't want him. I mean, you don't want Noah. I, I've been watching him lately. He's not that good anymore. Uh, the 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 Noah from the Bulls and. Uh, the guy who was third in MVP voting three years ago or whatever it was uh, is no longer that guy. So Portland dodged a bullet there and it hasn't worked out, but you know, that, that, that's, that's how it goes. And, and, and that's, that's how it usually goes for Portland in free agency. I mean, they don't normally sign uh, guys, uh, you know, big name free agents. They, they got Turner, which hasn't been good for the most part, it seems like he's gotten more comfortable over the last month or so. He's shot better. He uh, looks more comfortable. He's played better defense, which, my goodness, that is the thing that uh, drove me crazy earlier in the season, that he was just not playing defense and he was touted as a defender. Uh, it seems like that's getting better, but we'll see. Uh, but but so far, you know, over the 37 games or whatever it's been, uh, it hasn't been a plus for the Blazers. So, yeah. Uh, interesting look at the summer and how that has affected where the Blazers are now from Chris Haynes at ESPN.com. So uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. Uh, it's a, you know, it was, it was a good game for the Blazers. So, uh, but they, they've got to get back at it tomorrow, Thursday at the Moda Center, national TV game on TNT, Blazers, Lakers, uh, the Lakers have struggled a little bit after a nice start, but their young players keep on getting better, and they'll be hungry, and Portland coming off of a tough game uh, that went down to the last couple of minutes uh, against Golden State, or, you know, it was played hard until the, the buzzer, really, uh, against Golden State. Uh, the Lakers are going to be in there hungry, and they will be even hungrier if Dame is back. So, uh, that is is going to be uh, a tough game and one that if Portland wants to make the playoffs, one that they've got to have. Uh, it is a little bit like the situation that Sacramento had on their hands tonight against Miami. Uh, a younger team, a team that is much worse, but uh, one that 
um, it plays hard. And so, uh, it, and the Lakers are more talented. So uh, Portland's got to watch their back tomorrow uh, against the Lakers. But we will be back after that. Uh, probably we'll have something for you maybe Friday. Uh, but if it's not too late, we'll get something up uh, on Thursday night. So uh, thank you for listening to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. Leave us a five-star review. That would be fantastic. Tell your friends. Share it. Tell everyone how great this podcast is. And if you'd like to advertise with us, hit us up at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. So we will be back with you after the Blazers play the Lakers. Blazers lose tonight in Oakland, 125-117. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.